the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We're back. It's hour three at 7.06 already on your Saturday night. So good to have you here. I'm Randy Corcoran, your pumped-up purveyor of principled, passionate patriotism, and it is so good to have you along. We've been all over the place, and this board full of politics to play for you tonight, and instead we've been talking about holidays and loss and recovery and regrets and lessons that can be learned, and, and uh, you know, that's been fine. We'll definitely take advantage of this uh, beautiful work that uh, producer John Corbliss did. When we fill in for my good buddy Matt Dunn tomorrow on Backbone Radio from 4 to 7 p.m., I hope you will join us then. Our phone number, 303-696-1971, 303-696-1971. Let's see what's happening out there. We are down to ooh, 26 degrees here in Aurora, 28 degrees. It's always warmer in hell. I, you just can't say it enough over there in my once-beloved birth city of Denver, Colorado. So... I read the text from Eric, the burrito man, earlier about a BLM founder or co-founder by the name of Mark Fisher, who has come out and endorsed Donald Trump, according to Eric. So I did a little homework, and there's all kinds of stories, and it turns out he has a Twitter page, so I went ahead and opened that up, but while I was looking for him, I opened my own, you know, my own feed, that's how you get into Twitter, and lo and behold, who do I see there but my second wife, Katie Hopkins, from across the pond. If you're a regular listener uh, to Wake Up with Randy Corcoran, you know Katie so well. Katie has been arrested in Great Britain. She's been silenced in Great Britain. She was deplatformed in uh, off of Twitter and was now called X and other social media platforms. And she is tough. She's funny. We've had her here in studio. We've had her on the show many times. When she comes to America, we tell you about it so you can go and see her in person. But she was retweeted by a Twitter handle that I follow or an X handle that I follow called Died Suddenly, where they track these suspicious deaths, uh, especially of big social media proponents of getting the vax. And then, you know, they'll they'll die mysteriously, drop, you know, dead in the middle of the basketball court or um, sitting at home in a hot tub or something like that. And the death will never be explained. It, you never understand, you know, what the actual cause was. But you can just go back and see all of the promotion they were doing, trying to guilt shame people into taking the jab, etc. So died suddenly just happened to be at the top of my feed because they had retweeted my second wife, and we used to joke about this a lot, my my other wife, and, you know, her husband was okay with it. Tana was okay with it. We, you know, we worked it out. Um, we just had a wonderful, wonderful time together. But um, she's back. She's back on Twitter, on X, and she is talking about the jab. And wait until you hear my dear friend, 
Katie Hopkins. I can hold it. Yeah, I can hold it. It's fine. It's fine. Hi, it's Margaret. I'm excited. You know, I'm going to just stop it and I'll start it over. But she's holding a needle. She's about to give herself a jab in the left arm. And apparently her name is Margaret tonight. Um, about 300,000 views. Let me see how many she's got. Hold on. That's the Died Suddenly page. Uh, yeah, she's got 1.3 million views on her. Stop it now. She's got live radio at its worst. She's got three or 1.3 million views on this. God, I'm so glad she's back. She is hilarious. So Katie Hopkins playing Margaret, who's about to give herself a job, a jab. Let's hear what I did listen to this during the break. John, you don't need to worry. The F word is missing. Katie can get a little salty at times, but I think we got the dump button. Stand by, but I don't think I missed any expletives that we would need to carve out. So here we go. Katie Hopkins. I can hold it. Yeah, I can hold it. It's fine. It's fine. Hi, it's Margaret. I'm excited because I'm here at the vaccination center getting my booster. It's my 45th booster. I've had 44 boosters. I've had COVID 14 times. But I know if I hadn't had my 49 boosters, my COVID would have been so much worse. And today I get a threefer. Threefer. I know. I thought it was buy one, get one free, but it's threefer. I've got my booster. I've got my cold and flu. And I've got my shingles, which I didn't know I needed, but I definitely must do. At this point, I'll be made up more of boosters and vaccines than I will of blood. And guess what I got given today? This. Oh, a prick loyalty card. I'm so excited. So every time I get a booster or a jab or a prick or a vaccine, I get a loyalty reward point. And look how well I'm doing. Ah, oh, I only need two more and then I can get myself a heart attack. I can hold it. God. So much truth there, though. I mean, I, I know people who got the shot and two or three boosters and then got COVID. But the CDC and creepy, sleepy showers with daughter Joe Biden would tell them that it would be much, much worse if you hadn't gotten the shot and the boosters, then you would have gotten really, really sick when you got your COVID. I know smart people, people that I've, you know, been involved in cases with. They're, they were smart enough to graduate law school People who have done great things with their lives can construct multiple sentences and say them all in a row. I mean, they're just normal, smart people who get COVID and then still go out and get another jab. And I, I, I know, John, you're shaking your head back there, man. I, I just don't understand how people can't do a little more work, a little more science. But that was that was just so funny. You know what? I think I'm just going to play it one more time, and then we'll move on from from my other wife and my dear friend, Katie Hopkins. Yeah, I can hold this. Fine, it's fine. Hi, it's Margaret. I'm excited because I'm here at the vaccination center getting my booster. It's my 45th booster. I've had 44 boosters. I've had COVID 14 times. But I know if I hadn't had my 49 boosters, my COVID would have been so much worse. And today I get a threefer. Threefer. I know. I thought it was buy one, get one free, but it's threefer. I've got my booster. I've got my cold and flu. And I've got my shingles, which I didn't know I needed, but I definitely must do. At this point, I'll be made up more of boosters and vaccines than I will of blood. And guess what I got given today? This. 
<gasps> a prick loyalty card. I'm so excited. So every time I get a booster or a jab or a prick or a vaccine, I get a loyalty reward point. And look how well I'm doing. Ah, I only need two more and then I can get myself a heart attack. Only need two more and then I can get to myself a heart attack. That is just classic. Just classic, Katie. I'm going to call her. I mean, it's, what is it? It's uh, five, it's like three o'clock in the morning in Britain right now. So I'm definitely going to reach out to her. We will get her on the show. She is hilarious. And uh, Alexa, who's been monitoring things tonight, keeping us in line, says, I hope Katie's coming back to Colorado soon. Amen. That would be so much fun to spend some time with, with Katie Hopkins. But man, there's truth in there. 45 boosters. I like the prick card. That's a pretty good idea. And her tweet says it's dedicated to all the pricks who push the jab. Hmm. Not exactly sure what she means by that, but I'm sure it's perfectly FCC compliant. Right, John? Mm Hmm. Okay. All right. So back to Eric and Eric Burrito Eric, my brother Eric, just the coolest dude I know, unafraid to get into the face of fellow black people who are being so blinded and so stupefied, especially when Black Lives Matters, Black Lives Matter was a thing and people didn't realize the get rich scream, get rich scheme for Patricia Cullors and the other Marxist. They bragged about it. They bragged about their Marxist underpinnings, their Marxist teachings, the organization that they were trying to develop and then built mansions with the millions upon millions of dollars that we that they collected. I mean, my God. Oh, Eric's apologizing. Somehow, someway, I'll have you two burritos tomorrow. I'll call Blake now to set it. Well, I hope you could come by, Eric. I would love to see you because I will be here tomorrow night filling in for my good buddy Matt Dunn, 4 to 7 p.m., Backbone Radio. Looking forward to that. We'll get back to more politics on that show. We always do. And uh, one more reminder, no tea party on Tuesday. Don't forget that, please. Very important. Don't show up. No December tea party meeting. We, By the way, we were, wide, we were wall to wall. We were standing room only. We had people literally had to stand up during the whole meeting in November. Uh, so people are getting fired up for what's coming. There was some feeling of success, some decent things that happened uh, in the November election here in Colorado. Nationally, things went pretty well. Um, obviously, the special session of the legislature and um, and Jared Polis and all of his shenanigans and misrepresentations and look over here while I pick your pocket over their activities in the special session uh, really diminish the value of stopping preparation H or proposition H, whatever you want to call it. But uh, still we're in Colorado. We're, we're Californicated. We're California too. We've got a lot of fighting to do and they're starting to, they've been having success in California, electing Republicans in California. So if they can do it there, we can do it here. And I've been so proud of our Colorado State Chairman of the GOP, Dave Williams. Significant money is in the bank. Um, The party is doing terrific things with its messaging, with, uh, you know, first-time chair who had very little support in the transition team from, um, uh, you know, my friend Christy Brown. But they're, they're just, as a 
G as the Republican National Committee man, I'm on the executive committee of the GOP, and the transition was not spectacular. the The building was not set up and made you know tur- turnkey ready, or at least here's a guide of where you start and what you do and who you call and the finances. A disaster, uh, apparently. I mean, I'm not the accountant over there, but I trust Tom and the work that he's done. And it was not pretty. So I'm very, very proud of my friend Dave Williams, former state rep Dave Williams, and the work that he's done over there. And it is an honor to be a part of the current Colorado State GOP. I hope you are paying attention because, um, you know, game on. They fought in court over the Trump litigation. We'll take a look at that and where that's at, what's been going on there in the next segment. Um, But... uh, yeah, it's a whole lot different when you've got uh, an American first, an America first. You can tell I haven't been here in a while. All right, I'm better now. Uh, an America first position, mindset, perspective, um, and someone who's willing to fight, someone who's willing to call out the old guard of the Republican Party who, you know, referred to him as Comrade Dave and, and put out all the lying flyers and the this and the that. Uh, just... They're just losing power, and they know it. It truly is Donald Trump's Republican Party, and uh, a lot of the old guard just can't wrap their hands around that. We shall see how it plays out. I um, played earlier. In fact, we should play it so short. We should play it again. We we had you sharpen your pencils, and uh, this was Biden math. Yeah, it's one more. But after he did those magnificent calculations and had everybody's like literally wanting to, you know, pull their eyeballs out and shove them down their ear holes so they wouldn't have to listen to him anymore. He also had this to say. I'm sorry, Mr. President. Did you say if you're driving out of the blue here? Could you just say that again, please, sir? Okay, well, there's your your gun safety and car safety policy, I guess, from the putative president of the United States. Creepy, sleepy, smells children, showers with daughter, Joseph Biden, who enriched himself to a remarkable degree after he left the United States Senate and before somehow or tentatively perhaps possibly becoming president of the United States. There was a statistic that I saw fly by. Let me see if I can pull that back up real quick. Oh, no, that's Hunter's salary. Well, it doesn't matter because it's time to take a break, and we're going to get into some of this audio. I promise I've been saying it for two and a half hours, but I really, 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 really mean it this time. And we'll do that next when we return on 710. K-N-U-S. Nothing? 
So that's what's on the other side. Every one of these songs, but that was no fade. Boom. Um, every one of these songs is from the A side of It's a Beautiful Day, it's 1969 self titled album. It's a Beautiful Day. And if I ever come back and uh, do more music, we are probably going to have to do the B side of that album because I just love it that much. And apparently, so do you. Text messages have been coming in saying, love it, played it over and over when I was a kid. I guess we're all in the same generation. But, uh, yeah, there you go. So text messages coming in from Nebraska and elsewhere. Just love you guys. Phone lines are wide open, 303-696-1971, 696-1971. And I talked about it multiple times, haven't gotten to it. We've got time for it now. Robert De Niro, Taxi Driver, Godfather movie. I mean, the... Those two pop to mind, but so many movies that I virtually won't watch. I've gotten sucked into watching, you know, old movies with some of these political or these uh, Hollywood icons who've become so political, so nasty, so dishonest. Um, but it's just like you know, you have to twist my arm to walk into a Starbucks or a Target store or someplace like that. Um, with rare exceptions, just do not want to support people like this. So Robert De Niro was at the, uh, I thought I'd remember, and now I don't. Here it is. The uh, good thing I have Google, my friends at Google, the Gotham Awards. I should have remembered that. And the way I was told myself I would remember it is Gotham, Gotham City, Batman, you know, just do the the mnemonic or the the memory tool in your head or whatever, but I didn't. But it was the Gotham Awards in New York City. And uh, I don't know if he received an award or whatever in this, uh, the, spe- the part of the speech that I bothered to listen to, he was introducing others who were up for an award. And so it started out, you know, pretty normal. The news these days makes one think from a political uh, point of view anyway, that we actually are living in a post-truth society. Filmmakers, on the other hand, at least aim for the truth. We're telling stories about real people, people we can relate to. We have no other agenda than to engage, enlighten, and entertain. And through his films, Marty Scorsese has illuminated the lessons of history with fascinating and absorbing stories. He treats his subjects with honesty and respect, while he always has a point of view. He expressed it through the truths of his subjects. The approach animate, that approach animates all of his movies, from the honor among small-time thieves in mean streets to the depth and dignity of the Osage Nation and Killers of the Flower Moon. Okay, so I can live with that. I know what kind of an angry left-wing, radical, self-aggrandizing, self-important SOB that Robert De Niro is. I've read about, you know, the way he treats people that works for him and, uh, you know, just what kind of person he is and any respect that I had for him for the great, incredibly powerful actor that he is. I mean, you, you can't argue with truth just out the window. I would have to be in just the right mood or with just the right person to watch a movie, even movies that I loved, if they had Robert De Niro in them. 
But what did he just say there? He said, watching the news these days makes one think, from a political point of view anyway, that we actually are living in a post-truth society. Filmmakers, this was great, filmmakers, on the other hand, at least aim for the truth. We have no agenda other than to engage, enlighten, and entertain. Now, he was reading from a teleprompter. Do you remember when uh, we played some of this audio? And, I, you know, Alexa remembers this stuff better than I do. When he was talking to Michael Moore, the left-wing radical Hollywood producer, saying that the former president needed to be humiliated. And when he told Stephen Colbert on late-night TV of his desire to star in a favorable film about disgraced former New York governor Andrew Cuomo, try to bolster him up. But we have no agenda. We, we're here to enlighten and entertain. And it, it, it's so ridiculous. I mean, this is one of the many reasons I think 2024 is going to be very good to people who support America first. People are waking up to Hollywood. Hollywood movies tank. Disney lost billions of dollars with their woke agenda. So many of these Hollywood productions are just... Money losers, big time money losers. And yet the little independent movies about uh, child trafficking or um, just uh, uh, about Jesus Christ are tremendous successes. People don't have to rely on CBS, NBC, MSLSD, CNN or Hollywood for their information or their entertainment. We've got all the choices in the world available to us now. And that's why these people are getting louder because they know they're losing their power and their self-importance is becoming more and more obvious to so many. Nonetheless, that piece of the speech I could live with. It's all right. But then it got really, really good. I just want to say one thing. The beginning of my speech was edited, cut out. I didn't know about it. And I want to read it. It, it was, thank you. History isn't history anymore. Truth is not truth. Even facts are being replaced by alternative facts and driven by conspiracy theories and ugliness. In Florida, young students are taught that slaves develop skills which could be applied for their personal benefit. The entertainment industry isn't immune to this festering disease. The Duke John Wayne famously said of Native Americans, I don't feel we did wrong in taking this great country away from them. There were great numbers of people who needed new land, and the Indians were selfishly trying to keep it for themselves. Just love these left-wing tropes. Young students are taught that slaves develop skills which could be applied for their personal benefit. I looked at some of that curriculum back when that was a headline, when they thought... Ron DeSantis was going to be some kind of a front runner in the Republican presidential nomination. And uh, and yes, it was explained that, that skills were learned. People who were brought from Africa learned farming and medicine and different things. And, and there were things that were beneficial to their life. Nobody at any time under any circumstances was ever saying that slavery was a good thing, wasn't the abomination that it was. The left, of course, always tries to uh, criticize America because we were a country that utilized slaves. But they have to misrepresent history to do it. 
They forget that slavery is still going on around the world, that black people also enslave other people in certain countries, that black people were part of the slave trade back when slavery was the way it was done. It's the way it was done in the world. It's the way it was done in other countries. And in America, we fought a civil war, six, seven hundred thousand Maybe I should use Biden numbers, six billion trillion seven hundred ninety one hundred thousand twelve Americans died fighting to end slavery. The founding fathers, this is always misrepresented. The 13th Amendment, the three fifths clause, the founding fathers of America thought that black people were three fifths of a human being lie, absolute lie. If you understand history at all. If you read any of the um, debates uh, during the Constitutional Convention and why we had a three-fifths clause in the Constitution, it's indisputable. The South wanted to take advantage of their black populations who were going to be allowed to vote because they knew with those numbers and with control of those people still well in hand that they could get anything they want through Congress. There would be no end to slavery. And so the folks from the North, Republicans, by the way, who were uh, founded on the founding principle of the Republican Party to stop slavery in the United States of America, But whether they were Republican or not, when it was all coming together, the reason that black people were counted as three-fifths was so that the South, because of their overwhelming number of blacks whom they could control, the the ability for them to vote, they did not want to hand the ability to steamroll Congress and stop the eventual ending of slavery in this country. And the South would not ratify the Constitution, if they didn't get a vote, uh, if if they didn't get at least a percentage of vote for their black people because they knew that they wouldn't stand a chance in keeping slavery alive. So the three-fifths clause was a necessary compromise in order to ratify the United States Constitution. It was not racist on behalf of those who were fighting to end slavery. It was a necessary, maybe an evil, but it was a necessary compromise to ratify a constitution that what? I forget the timeline now. Was it 12 or 13 years before the slave trade ended, before you couldn't, you know, ship slaves into the United States? And then the Civil War ultimately fought to end slavery. The only country in the history of the world to slaughter at war, it's not, you know, I guess slaughter is the wrong word. War is war. A lot of people die. A lot of people had limbs cut off. Hundreds of thousands of Americans fighting against each other for the end of slavery. But the left, they misrepresent history. They misrepresent the Constitution. They misrepresent the intent or what actually happened. And Our college kids are so dumbed down now, so idiotic in their lack of ability to think, their need for a safe space. If there's something controversial, the need to try and back people into corners and classrooms if they come in with an alternative to the radical left point of view on a college campus. 
They don't have the capacity. They don't have the interest. They don't have the tools to actually understand these things themselves. And the left and the morons, disgusting human beings like Robert De Niro, take advantage of that. I understand the John Wayne comment and why, you know, people might not like that. Didn't think it was great. And that's an actual comment. John Wayne did a Playboy interview. I I think it was, did he live into the 1990s? Seems like it was 1998 or sometime like that, um, where he he did mention that, uh, or he did say when asked about, and they were called Indians then, you know, Native Americans now, you can't use the term Indians. It's very offensive to everybody except, well, I guess Native Americans in many cases. And he did say, you know, no apologies. But the truth of the matter is, what civilization in world history didn't advance through conquest, didn't grow land, didn't, I mean, it's, it is sick what was done to American Indians, to now Native Americans, to be politically correct. Not because other people came and then started fighting for land, fighting for a country, but because when the burgeoning United States of America became, you know, became a nation, became a government, had a military, had the ability to enter into contracts and treaties, the people who were in charge at that time entered into treaties with these Indians and these Native Americans and just ripped them to shreds, just ignored them. And so an entire brave and uh, incredibly noble people, you know, we, we know the results, the reservations, the alcoholism, the drug use, the poverty, all of it. It's sick. A country should honor its commitments, its treaties. And the Native Americans, the Indians, were hoodwinked. And that is disgusting. But for John Wayne, who was vehemently anti-communist, was vehemently pro-America and pro-America, American history, was not an apologist for bad things that happened before any of us were alive, was not an apologist for the fact that we won the war for this land here in what is now the United States of America, but a perfect target for somebody like leftist Robert De Niro. And he went on. Lying has become just another tool in the charlatan's arsenal. The former president lied to us more than 30,000 times during his four... Thank you. ...years in office. And he's keeping up the pace in his current campaign of retribution. But with all his lies, he can't hide his soul. He attacks the weak, destroys the gifts of nature, and shows disrespect, for example, by using Pocahontas as a slur. So, several lies built into that interesting little statement from Robert De Niro at the Gotham Awards in New York. Uh, number one, the, the old false trope about 30,000 false or misleading claims from Donald Trump. has been rebutted so many times. Even the Atlantic, I think, which came up with that number, I think they were the first ones that came up with it, have, have backtracked. Um, you know, no definitive proof that President Trump called American soldiers losers and suckers. Um, 
all anonymous sources for the reporting. I remember now it was Jeffrey Goldberg and his article in the uh, wasn't he the Atlantic, the editor at the Atlantic of the Atlantic at that time? I think so. Um, but when people actually started to dig in, like the Washington Post, their fact checker database came up and also agreed with the Atlantic. Trump, this was a while back now, a couple of years ago. So it wasn't 30,000 like the inflated number from De Niro. 20,000 was the number they were using there. They were literally taking 16 or 17 things that were said by the president and then counting each time it was repeated as a new false statement. So they would pick something which quite often turned out not to be true at all, like there was no Russia collusion, like the the federal the FBI bugged or tapped my wires. Remember when they mocked Donald Trump for saying that the FBI tapped his wires there at Trump Tower? Well, that wasn't the most sophisticated way to say the kind of monitoring and lying and misrepresenting and false charging that was going on when Donald Trump was accused of colluding with Russia. His denials of collusion with Russia were among the things that he said many, many times that the Washington Post counted each individual time as a lie. And the list of that kind of nonsense goes on and on and on. So um, Robert De Niro, just a flat out liar. We've got uh, we've got just one more clip of Robert De Niro that will wrap up this little diatribe of mine, my one of my favorite people to just attack because he's so self-important and disgusting. But we better save it till we come back for the final segment of the show, because otherwise John Corbelis is coming through the glass. I can see it. Casey Bloyer used to throw things at the glass if you talked too long beyond the break. And he would then take away your beer reward at the end of the night. So I don't know John well enough to mess with him. We're going to take a break. We'll wrap up the final clip of Robert De Niro and some final passing thoughts. Gosh, as we wrap up the show, when we return on 710 KNUS. Obviously getting It's a Beautiful Day out of my system tonight was talking during the break with producer John Corbliss about that 1969 band, David LaFlame. Um, Patty Corbliss was the vocalist. David played uh, all the, the string instruments, of course, was the male vocalist there. Patty died, and then uh, David LaFlame's wife, Linda, stepped in and did a remarkable job during all the subsequent years when they'd tour and do some of my favorites like White Bird and, and Hot Summer Days and girl with no eyes so anyway we are back and it, you can tell it's getting late near the end of the show because i'm now getting questions on the text to studio about tana's cat binks but the <laughs> little turkey is doing really really well many of you followed the saga of binks and uh yeah man oh man well anyway we've got only got a few minutes left we've got one more clip from robert de niro and then i'll finish my conversation about the radical left and these loony Actors and others who uh, really are just seeing their grandiosity, their importance. It's now self-importance. It's they show up to their own award show that nobody watches anymore. They make movies that just bomb at the box office. Robert De Niro, if you weren't here earlier during part of the speech, he's just talking about how, you know, 
these politicians, these right wingers, these liars like Trump, always with an agenda and they're liars. But we, the filmmakers, the actors and the actresses, we just want to entertain. We just want to provide light and being and entertainment and fun. And it's just such nonsense. But Robert spilled the uh, Robert De Niro spilled the beans on himself because it's very interesting what the apparently the promoters of this Gotham Awards in New York City actually did to him. He was, you know, most of the speech that he was reading uh, at the beginning and when he went to the actual award nominees right off the teleprompter. These other clips that I've been playing ever since, he had to go to his phone to pull them up. And here's why. Filmmakers, on the other hand, strive. This is where I came in and I saw that they edited all that. So I'm going to say these things, but to Apple and thank them and all that, Gotham, blah, 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 Apple, but who, I don't feel like thanking them at all for what they did. How dare they do that, actually? Very, very interesting. So he was reading through the teleprompter before he got to the point of actually announcing the nominees for whatever... Um, self-congratulatory award they were going to give out to each other. He realized that they, Apple and whoever the sponsors were uh, for these Gotham Awards, had removed the political aspects of his speech from the teleprompter. So he had to go to his cell phone. And if you watch the video of it, you can see him. That's why he hesitates a little bit, stutters a little bit along the way, because he's scrolling his phone for the parts that they took out of his speech. He, Robert De Niro, was censored by the people who run this award ceremony. And he mentioned Apple and somebody else. It's backfiring. They love it when they can censor you. They love it when they can cancel you or your business or your thought process or try and humiliate your 11-year-old daughter because she cries out when she finds out that some school, some trip is is bedding her with a transgender boy. Making that was that happened right here in Colorado. Probably talk about that a little more tomorrow night when I fill in for Matt Dunn on Backbone Radio from four to seven PM. Just outrageous stories. You probably saw if you watched the news, it was pretty big time. I think he was a ten year old boy attending a Kansas City Chiefs um football game. And he was done up, man. And my cousin was a Kansas City chief cheerleader. She was an Oklahoma uh, University cheerleader before that. Uh, my parents both came from Kansas. Of course, I was a Denver Bronco fan till the NFL went woke. And I literally let my season tickets of over a quarter century go away because I just couldn't support the NFL and their BLM and other BS any longer. I just wouldn't let my money go that direction. And it was such a disappointment. You know, our family, uh, and Noah, especially we'd, we'd grab a third person and I only had three tickets, never could get that fourth one, but we'd grab a third person and we'd go to just virtually every home game, went to two Super Bowls as a Bronco fan. I hated to let that go. I don't miss it at all. Now I love all the time that I have on Sundays, but you probably saw this 10 year old boy done up in the, in the, 
Kansas City Chief regalia. It's red and white. And then the face paint is white on one side, black on the other. And what the media did, and I forget who the who the media jerk was who wrote the story about this kid, was targeted this kid and just put up a picture of one side of his face, the black side of his face, and then told everybody, you know, racism alive and well in America, literally put Oh, it was a red, well, that's right. It was Redskins, wasn't it? Well, that's that's embarrassing. But that's why I should write this stuff down instead of going from memory. Thank you for that, though, John. Note to self: get a new producer, one who will not correct you on air. Um, no, no, I didn't say. That. No, I do appreciate that. But you're right. You're right. It is the, that's where the black and white comes from. Remember the Redskins? They're now what the Washington team or something? The the, oh, they've finally found the commanders. They had to get rid of Redskins. Well, regardless, the point that I was making still stands. This left-wing journalist targeted this 10-year-old kid and talked about racism, showed only the black side of his face, mocked him for appearing at this Redskins game in blackface um, without showing the other side of the of the, the face paint or any of it. And even left-wing radicals came out of the woodwork and said, number one, you're a liar. Number two, don't ever target a child. It's this whole scheme, this whole plan, it's coming undone on these people because what they've been doing to you and to me and to people on social media with, from their perspective, an alternative point of view is silence you and cancel you. And now it's coming back around. And I love it. I just love that these people are – and, you know, the, the purchase of Twitter by Elon Musk really was the start of starting to uncover all of this. Could we have ever known but for – and I've got questions about Elon Musk. I'm scared to death of artificial intelligence and the chips that are, you know, all ready to be implanted in your brain and all of that kind of stuff. But man spent billions of his own dollars to buy Twitter, now known as X, and has allowed – truth and alternative points of view to come back to what should be the greatest, grandest, most easily accessible free speech platform in the world. And he's doing this part. We wouldn't have known that the FBI was literally controlling the puppets who were in charge of Twitter during the Trump campaign, during COVID-19. It's just terrifying what we've learned, but we're learning it. And we're learning it as we're approaching the most important election, I believe, and I'd look forward to an argument on the other side, the most important election of my entire life. Because we are a country on the brink, not just on the brink of a financial problem, of collapsing under the weight of our own debt. I mean, we have went from billions to trillions, and we never batted an eye. But our borders are open. Our culture is falling apart. And another round of Obama-controlled Joe Biden or whatever puppet they put in to replace him would likely be the end of Western civilization as we know it. It's that important. Never said that before in an election. It's that important. So we spent a lot of time doing a lot of other things tonight, but I knew coming in that I had three more hours with you tomorrow. Tomorrow night I'll be here for Matt Dunn on Backbone Radio. We will be all politics all the time, I promise. Until then, remember this. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize 
to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the f- he wants. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.